Christmas. Fuck it. Let's jump Play off and see where we land. Ears. Fix it in post. Uh, <laughs> let's Thelma and Louise it. Let's go. Holding hands, everybody. <laughs> so with that, hi, and welcome to After the Hype. With me, as always, Brian and John. Hello. And Ryan is here today. Hello, Brian and John. And Hello, Ryan and, and Brian. Here today. This is John. Hi. Hello, Mackenzie. And Brad is here today. Hi. For the Hello, first time Brad. in a long time. You haven't been on in a while, have you? Uh, what was the, I was on uh, Terminator 2. You oh, were on man. Terminator 2. That was the first one I was on, I think. Was it? <laughs> yeah. That really still, close that to it. Yeah, that was, our old yeah. Yeah, place, that was right? at their old recording place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that old place we don't speak of anymore. Yeah, my home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I will start with Merry Christmas. Although Yay. this isn't coming out on Christmas, but Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We merry time travel. Uh, I don't know Merry yet. Christmas. After the be, hype. Yeah, it might actually come out right around Christmas. You have to wait sure. for the trailer, and then we'll tell you when it's coming out. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll tease it. <laughs> Let's wait for the teaser for the trailer of the trailer teaser. Uh, but yeah, so this will come out right around Christmas time. We're here to talk about Christmas things, and everybody loves Christmas. Mm, peppermint. Uh, but we will start, of course, with, bread. with a where have you been doing. Ooh. Uh, I will go first, and I will keep writing this Christmas theme. I saw the night before. Ooh. Ooh. The night oh. before Christmas? I saw that a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh, so much better than I thought it was going to be. Like, so much better. Like, I... I I enjoy Seth Rogen. I enjoy Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I really like Anthony Mackie. Uh, and then, um, what's her name? Um, from Masters of Sex. Yep. Lizzie, Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's in it. She's really good. And the, the whole thing, in, uh, and uh, Michael fuck, Shannon, is that his name? I oh, he's think, good. Yeah, <laughs> Michael fuck so. Shannon. Zod? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Zod. Yeah. Is it? That's him. And like, Michael F. <laughs> and that's the, the cast itself is what makes the movie great. And, like, oh, nice. And, like, and they are—they all work so well together, and they're so funny together. And you can tell they're friends off screen because they play off each other really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one cameo at the end. It's kind of like, oh, I figured this guy's going to show up at some point. I won't spoil it, even though that kind of does if you've seen any of their is movies. Is it Santa Claus? It is not Santa Claus. No. <laughs> uh, Spoiler alert. Santa shows up. Way, way off. <laughs> but I i watched the whole thing obviously that's good uh but it was, <laughs> when i went to go see it i was kind of excited for it because uh, the director has done um he did uh 50 50 which mm-hmm. is another one of his movies he did yep. something else oh, yeah. he yeah. did um the zombie movie with uh with nicholas holt uh i'm forgetting the name of it now but he did that one and that warm okay. bodies thank is you that? yes warm yeah. bodies. he did that one and that one is okay but I like him with Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. He's a solid director. He knows how to work with those actors. And I thought he'd be able to get something kind of funny out of it, and he did. And it was really funny. It actually still manages to have a pretty good message. Not message sounds weird, but it has like a good heart to it. Like mm-hmm. You actually care about the characters, which for a screwball drug comedy is not common. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like the funny parts were so fucking funny, I was almost crying. Chewie has said it's now one of her favorite Christmas movies. We'll watch it every year. And it's just like Aww. the parts that are funny are so funny, it like hurt to laugh. So I was... Very entertained. I liked everything about it. And the best thing about it, without spoiling it, is that it's not afraid to go completely Looney Tunes, which is something that I feel like a lot of comedies are kind of afraid to do nowadays. Like, they want to stay, like, grounded in reality. And this one's not afraid to go non-reality in a way that makes it... Like Harold and Kumar? More Mm. so. Mm. Um, They don't do it all the time, but when they do it, it still feels like it fits in the movie. And it's really... It made the movie better than what I thought it was going to be. And if you get a chance to see it, I highly recommend it. It's fucking hilarious. 
That's it for me. Right cool, on. Cool. I'll tell you what I've been doing. Ooh. I just saw The Force Awakens. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh. <laughs> uh, tell us all about Spo- it, JJ. Spoiler. We're recording this before the movie comes out. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually did a thing. I went outside of my house and went and did a thing in LA, which Holy is kind of cool. shit. I went to the Japanese American National Museum. Ooh. Uh, they're currently having a, a special exhibit on Giant Robot. Uh, who's like a, collect- a collective of artists who uh, kind of are, uh, a lot of them are Japanese, and they kind of are defining uh, modern style right now. Um, uh, it was really cool. Uh, lots of paintings. They have, uh, I guess they had a little cafe open in L.A., Giant Robot did, and it, I kind of totally missed the whole thing, but they it closed down and they recreated it in the museum. So you like walk through and they, you see like all the art by, uh, uh, let me try to Google who some of the artists were. Um uh, one awkward thing about it is, uh, so the main exhibit is downstairs, and you walk through the, the main hall of the Japanese American uh, Museum, and then you go upstairs to see the second part of the exhibit, and you walk through the only still remaining permanent exhibit, which is the story of internment camps. camps. And you, have, you get really sad on your way to see more <laughs> colorful toy art. Um, <laughs> So this exhibit was uh, featured artists uh, Eric Nakamura, Luke Chu, James Jean. Actually, had some sketches by Jim Lee from uh, X Men and Batman comics. Oh, that's cool. Wow! Really uh, kind of covered everything, and it was a lot of fun. And if you go um, Thursday nights, it's free from five to eight. Me next. Yep. Um, I too did a thing. Um, <laughs> oh, I wow. outside. Crazy. Also downtown LA. Hip happen in place. Um, I went to a concert last night for I think Jonathan's talked about this band before, uh, but I'm going to talk about it again. Postmodern Jukebox. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. they are so much fun. I've been following them on YouTube for a couple of years, and finally got to go see a live show. And their live show is so great. It's like a cabaret, um, you know, old school cabaret show. They have about a dozen different vocalists. So, you know, someone else will come out and sing each song and then others will come out and do supporting vocals. And um, they have a ton of different musicians. And I've never seen such a, a um, such a, like a, a rockin' trombone solo. You know, they, they let all, they let everyone kind of do their thing and really do it up. And this trombonist tore, tore it up. Um, and they have uh, they have a couple tap dancers that will come out and do oh, um, nice. they'll do uh, percussion for some of the songs. Wow! Um, and they did one one of the tap dancers. She got her own number, so it was just instrumental with the tap dancer, and it was a Star Wars medley. That's awesome. Um, and and if uh, for any listeners who don't know about postmodern jukebox, they do top forty popular tunes. But in the style of big band, swing, jazz, nineteen uh, twenties, thirties, and forties style. Cool. Um, so if we're going to talk about things that we've been doing, and I'll talk about something Christmassy that I did, Ooh. Um, which I tried to make Brian go to, but he bailed. Um, <laughs> uh, I was to, so sick. <laughs> uh, sure, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, last weekend, I went to this thing called Booty LA, um, which is a big like dance party. Um, and it's Christmas themed. Well, this was their Christmas themed one. Um, and it's just really fun. And I really suggest that people go because it's, I mean, it's for anybody. If I mean, I, I, I always, I, we, I went with a bunch of, you know, friends, but I mean, like it's for anybody who likes to dance, doesn't like to dance, lo- you know, like loves any sort of music. Cause they met, ma- it's all, all mashups is what they play. 
Um, and then since it's Christmas themed, they're mashing up top 40 hits with Christmas music and, you know, old music and all sorts of stuff. How often do they do them? They, it's usually like every week oh, or wow. every other weekend. Cool. It's always at the Echoplex in Silver Lake. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they do it downtown at a venue. Mm. Um, it just depends. Um, but they're a ton of fun and usually they're like every week. Some of them are just like generic themes, like just like they'll do. I mean, they've, I've seen like 90s mashups. I've seen 80s versus 90s. I've seen Madonna. I've seen they'll do Prince. They'll do all sorts of, you know, themed ones. And I mean, people just come decked out in costumes or decorations or everything. And it's just like a ton of fun. Very cool. So I highly recommend it. Booty LA. Um, so I did something not related to the holidays or going out and doing stuff. Um, as you may or may not know, this might be a surprise. I have a child and, uh, we've been subjecting her to Disney movies, just cartoons, just to watch something different. Good choice. And we came and I picked the emperor's new groove because I remember enjoying it. Oh, I hate that movie. And (laughs) 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 then we'll agree. I thought it was hilarious the second time around. Yeah. It's mainly Kronk, I think is what. Did it and just yeah, it's, it's, it's a very it was like the late one. '90s, right? Right, like after Lion King and all that stuff. I think it was so. one of their last like 2D animated films. Right. I think like what's the child's consensus on the movie? Re- Karina's review. She's still not in 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 on the full feature length thing yet. So <laughs> we're still we're, down we're, for a little her. long. <laughs> we're still <laughs> long, a little long, a lot less Mickey Mouse. But there was moments where she even she was laughing more of the slapstick stuff. Uh, John Goodman was in this one, and yeah. I forgot that he was in that because it's like oh, Sully. Okay. <laughs> Man, I could tell you have a kid if you associated John Goodwin with Sully first instead of, you know, Roseanne or yeah. <laughs> any of the million things he's been in since then. Yeah. Or yeah. since we were, you know, were aware of him. That's all he done. Just Sully. <laughs> Just Sully. Just. That's it. That's all he is. Yeah. Not the Big Lebowski, not nope. anything else. Nope. Uh, all right, let's move into today's episode, which is more Christmassy. Uh, we're going to start with our battle, then I want to talk a little bit more about Christmas stuff, because it's fun, and all after the hype related. Yeah. Get this battle uh, out of the way. We're going to get the meat of the episode out of the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, but first, as we go around, I want to kind of talk about the movies we have on the table, and what I like to do with these sort of things is talk about when we first encountered them, if we can remember. Some people might have a little bit more trouble with that uh, than, say, somebody like me, who has a very, very easy one. <laughs> I watched it when it came on TV. Right. Uh, or actually, I think I've rented this one because it came to DVD first. <coughs> um, but yeah, so I'll start it. So I'm doing the, um, it's called It's Always the It's Always Sunny Christmas. Uh, but no, So they did it originally as a straight-to-DVD like special. Uh, and I remember hearing that they were doing that and going, that sounds dumb. Uh, and then one of my friends rented it, and I watched it with them. Uh, but the thing that I remember mostly about watching it was that it was... It's kind of finally what It's Always Sunny was always kind of the fringe of doing, of just being completely uncensored, and this one just kind of ran with it. So yeah. they swear a lot more, they do a lot more. Uh, but at, at first I was like, well, that's just kind of like a gimme to get cheap laughs. And then as I watched it, it's like, nope, they fucking run with it. And I just remember watching it going, this is the funniest Christmas TV special I've seen ever. And because of that, I always watch it every year at Christmas, and it fucking cracks me up every fucking time. Next. Uh, mine, I'm more. Uh, let's go in in reverse order of when these things came out. Uh, I'm gonna bring it way, way down. Uh, my special is the uh, British Office season or series finale two parter Christmas special. Um, I think I know that I saw this show in its entirety sometime in the middle of the American one. Like I think a lot of us, uh, I was introduced to the show and the concept uh, by the American Office. 
and then somebody's like, oh yeah, there's a way better one, and I went and checked it out, and I just, I think I have the DVD box set, and I just powered through the whole thing at once, and uh, all twelve episodes, yeah, yeah, it's not <laughs> all long. eight hours of it. I did it again yesterday. Uh, <laughs> it's not that hard to do because it's hilarious, it's but totally worth it. Uh, I, I got to say that uh, the show ended so well that it really, now watching it again, uh, really ruins the finale of the American Show for me. All right, next. Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, my Christmas TV special is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, and yes. so I, I don't really remember when I was first introduced to this. That'd be a little um, tough, yeah. When it first came out. Oh, my goodness. Time travel. How old are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, you look great for your age. I probably, it was probably on TV because it always airs mm. every Christmas, you know, around December. ABC Family. Yeah. Some, or TBS. On, you know, on, they, they'll just air it. It's on some evening in December, and it'll come on, and I probably watched it then. I, I probably also had the book. I bet I had the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure I would read that um, and then was more excited to see it on TV when it came on. Um, Do kids still read Dr. Seuss? Is that still Oh, thing? yeah. Yes. Okay, I oh, didn't yeah. know. It's, I've been... it's, it's, it's still relevant to today. Okay, yeah. yeah, I didn't the, know. the stories, they're not... They're not dated because they're no. not about anything about right, the time. Yeah. Yeah. Those so, are so fun to read out loud yeah. to children. Just yeah. to let you know that. Yeah. Okay. Doing voices and rhyme, the rhyme scheme is so pleasant. Can you imagine the sadness of children who are introduced to the Grinch for the first time with Jim Carrey? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I was really glad you didn't choose that one. Although I guess it's a movie. So it's not a movie. Special, it didn't count. John brought that up last year in our worst Christmas movies yeah. Yeah. episode. <laughs> 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 Um, so the one that I had is um, also a classic, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't, again, remember exactly when I saw it, but I grew up loving Charlie Brown. I collected all the comics. I had so many Snoopy stuff and all sorts of Peanuts characters in my room. And I'm wearing a Charlie Brown or a Snoopy t-shirt today to represent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't remember seeing it, but it's just I've always just always gone back to it. It's for me, it's always been a tradition. Like I'm really big into Christmas. Brian knows because he's lived with me for a long time or lived with me for a long time. And that's whenever I put up my Christmas decorations. That is the first thing to go on is that movie or that TV special. And then I will follow it up with any Christmas movie after that. But awesome. Um, it's that classic. Is, that is my tradition. So I've loved it for as long as I can remember. And it's still classic. This gives you all warm fuzzies every time you watch it. It does. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't be angry or sad or stressed out after watching that. You can be a little sad. You can definitely yeah, oh, be sad. Oh yeah, you can definitely be sad. Definitely be sad. <laughs> I mean, it's Charlie Brown. He's a little bit of a downer. Yeah. Yeah. But how I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> what a jerk. Yeah. Bringing us all down. So mine was uh, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas from season two of Community, and uh, I mean I remember watching it when it was on when it came out. Yeah. So that was pretty. Was a big. I was really big into Community at the time, and uh, yeah, I was just like a great way to kind of call back to the Christmas specials that you watch the rank and the bass ones and just to kind of also build their characters up. I know I'm watching this the second time around. I didn't realize how great the characters were in this, like just all the reveals and all like, it was so good. There is something in your episode. We'll get to it when you start defending it. That will make me never vote for yours. Okay. It takes a cheap shot at something I love (laughs) and I will never forgive it. Okay. Oh, if we're going to talk about that, then I have a, a, a qualm with the Office Christmas special. Oh, we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. In our next segment. <laughs> <laughs> called, called, called Negativity Corner. Yes. <laughs> Why you all suck. <laughs> but speaking of which, I think we should get into our next segment of defending these things. The AKA Battle of Today. 
Everyone uh, bring their swords. Yep. Their Christmas swords. Christmas I brought my tears. Christmas Candy fight. canes. Uh, they, they, those are sharp. Yeah. They, are, they hurt. All right. I, I, I would know. I'm going to go first today because I am 99% sure I'm going to lose. And I'm totally <laughs> fine with that. But I'm going to start. You say, don't you say that like before every one of these battles? Yeah, like, but then I, I won three in a row. So who yeah. knows? Um, it's anyone's granted, game. I only won the Thanksgiving one because Ryan set me up to win. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> She had to vote wrong, so I just like, I can take this for myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just re-listened that episode. I was like, wow, I totally cheated and won at the end of that. I just but... like throwing monkey wrenches in the whole yeah. process of the podcast. Uh, all right, so my X amount of time has started. We'll see how long it takes. Uh, but kind of how I was saying earlier, the reason that I love the It's Always Sunny Christmas special is because it feels like it was a Christmas special meant for somebody with my sense of humor, which is kind of fucked up and it's kind of deranged. And it just kind of takes things and turn it, turns it on its head while still being all about Christmas. And I think that's what makes it so good. Because a lot of Christmas specials are just a normal episode where every now and then they go, Spirit of the Holiday, Family, Love, <laughs> Tree. And it's like, okay, that, that was yep. great. Thanks, Scrubs. I guess that was a Christmas episode. <laughs> but like the thing that I liked about this one is that they really it felt like they really set out to make a Christmas thing. And I think they did a great job with it. And I like the way that they do it. They set it up with Mac and Charlie have their Christmas traditions where they set up the whole bar on Christmas Eve with all the Christmas decorations, and they get so excited about it. And Deandra, and, or Sweet Dee, and Dennis have their Christmas traditions, which is fuck everything. <laughs> and I, I love that they have all this, and I love the, the constant Frank, where he's been trying to teach his kids this lesson throughout the whole year, where it's like, you don't want to just get shit on Christmas, you want to have love on Christmas. And Dennis and Dee are just so fucking stupid and evil <laughs> that they never pick up on it, and all they want is stuff, 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 stuff. Um, and while this whole thing is going, you have moments that make me laugh harder than anything has ever been in a Christmas thing, where you find out that uh, you always know that um, Max's family is just a trailer trash, awful people. And you find out that his Christmas tradition was the classic Philadelphia tradition of you go to your neighbor's house and you open all of their presents, you keep their presents, and then you run away when they get home. <laughs> and then he finds out that, nope, I was just robbing my neighbors every Christmas. <laughs> But it's, that, but it's okay because they're robbing him. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's okay because they're robbing him. It's like, that's why there's no Christmas presents in my house. Right? <laughs> no! <laughs> and I, just, I love that when he has that realization, he's like, man, this is really dicking with my Christmas spirit. <laughs> really anything with Charlie. Oh, oh and yeah. then, yeah, so they decided to fix his Christmas spirit by going to Charlie's house. And like, well, yeah, we're going to do Christmas Charlie style. We go to his house, going to give his mom all this vodka, like, chug, 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 Christmas time. And then as they're talking about it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's great. And then all the Santas come over in the morning and cheer at my mom. <laughs> what? <laughs> and just the, as the slow realization yeah. that Charlie's mom was a prostitute for Santas on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. And just that whole slow realization of, no, no, no. <laughs> to drag him out of his house screaming yeah. fucking kills me. And then the cherry on top when they go to the mall to try to pick up a gift for some guy they wronged way back in the day when they robbed his Christmas present. And Charlie sees the Santa and just walks up to him. And like, this is the Santa. I'm going to use the R word. I'm sorry. Is he retarded? I got this. <laughs> what do you want for Christmas this, young, this year? Little, young man, did you fuck my mom, Santa? <laughs> what? Santa, did you fuck my fucking mom? <laughs> like the first time I saw that, because it's the first time they use the F-bomb in the whole episode. So it really kind of, it catches you off guard. Because before yeah. that, it's so classic. Like it's always Sunday where they say shit every now and then. And they just they did it so smart where it just takes that left turn. And he fucking bites a chunk out of Santa's neck. Yep. Rob, or Rob, I was going to say his actual name, but Mac uh, 
elbows a woman in the face and knocks her down. And like, it's just pure chaos. Mm-hmm. And I, it just, I was laughing so hard. I <laughs> immediately had to like, I had pulled somebody else into the room. Like whenever I watch it, like this is the funniest shit you've ever seen. When I remember showing it to Chewie for the first time, she, like the whole episode is like, that's yeah, normal. It's always sunny. It's funny. But, and that moment is the turning point. And she's like, no, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and then of course you have like the actual, like the payoff at the end of the thing where they finally do like a callback to the old, Christmas stuff where they do a whole segment in claymation of all of them getting up together and killing Frank. <laughs> and, uh, and it was all done with this, like this, uh, the old, like tiny Christmas elf. And he's singing a song about them all burning and hanging by a spinal cord and blowing up his eyeballs. And it's completely nuts. And then even the payoff of that at the end of it is going, why wasn't the elf wearing pants? <laughs> <laughs> and nobody said he wasn't wearing pants. Oh, I must have. Never mind. <laughs> And it's just the whole episode is just stuck with these things that are very it's always sunny and it's very Christmas. And I think that because it did such a good job mashing these two things together that really, if you think about it, Christmas spirit and horrible people in Philadelphia probably wouldn't mix that well together. They did such a good job making it work that it fucking kills me every time. And I look forward to watching it every year. And I try not to watch it any other time of year, but then around Christmas time, because it is for me that funny and it's just that good. Uh, I know it's not going to stand the test of time. I know it's not a classic. I'm not delusional. But I, for me right now, it's fucking great. Nice job. You made me want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'll stop there. I have still have another two minutes left, but I'm not just going to ramble for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's next? Uh, yeah, I guess I can go. <clears throat> so mine is Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas and pretty much jumps right into the stop motion animation thing. And... Uh, it starts with Abed revealing that, oh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. We're all stop motion animated. And everyone's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then he it, it, it starts to kind of go on further and they get kind of worried. Like, you know, if you keep doing this, you're going to get kicked out of school. It's like, no, it's okay. It does a musical number and gets tasered and on top of a car. <laughs> and then they jump right into the episode. And so then they try to kind of have an intervention for him, get a therapy session. John Oliver's character comes in and he tries to take him on a journey to his magical cave. But Abed's like, no, no, I got this. We're going to take my own journey. And then they go into this winter wonderland and travel through it and everyone kind of loses. They get kicked out and there's a little, you know, Willy Wonka type song to kind of like, oh, your character flaw, da, da, da. And it's revealed that Abed's mom can't be with him. And it kind of turns into a really sentimental thing and all they all come together and uh, basically send John Oliver away on a, on a like Volk, Volk, like a... A Christmas... Uh, Falcon, Christmas Falcon or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that. And then... They just, like, Troy and Abed in the morning. They do their little stop-motion routine. Troy and Abed in stop-motion. Yep. yep. <laughs> and they swap their heads. It's really funny. Yeah. But, yeah, it what draw, drew me to it was the sincerity. And I forgot how sincere uh, community itself was. Because humor can just be, like, sarcastic, mean, and uh, I just forgot how much heart they put in that. In any of their episodes, really, but specifically here. Like, they're willing to let their characters be sad, be... Have, have a kind of a problem and not be able to deal with it. And then they come together. It was very, I was really drawn to how personal it got, especially with Abed's journey, which, you know, oh, you know, boo-hoo, family's not with me. But they give it weight. Yeah. Abed is definitely that show for me. Yeah. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree to a point. At some points, it's like I kind of need everybody there, which is why I never watched season six. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like I, you no longer have Chevy Chase. You no longer have, uh, yeah. I forget his name, Childish Gambino. Um, and you no longer have uh, Shirley. And it's like, okay, at a certain point, like Abed is the heart of the show and yeah. he's what makes it good. But you exactly, kind of yeah. need those other people. 
you need those people to play off. You like, do. Yeah, and this episode was really, for me, it kind of showed how much you need those people because the whole Willy Wonka aspect of it, which is why I don't love it as much as I think a lot of people do. Because mm-hmm. as you start picking people off, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of fun, but at the same time, I liked it more when they were all there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really like shows like I don't like those sorts of episodes where it's like watch these characters disappear. Like, like that's why I never really, like I love the paintball episodes, but at the same time, it's like all right, well, at the same uh, time, yeah, they, yeah, I like it when those people are together. When the what is it they call the the Greendale Six or whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. funny because they are so funny and so good together. That's the only, the reason that show stayed on as long as it did is because it's an ensemble pe- show. Yeah, yeah absolutely. you need yeah. those people together. And, 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 okay. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was no. just, just going to say it's the same thing with the rest of development. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. It's a better as an ensemble show. When you put that, when you split them all apart, it just doesn't work as well. Yeah. So it's the same. same you hear way. that, Netflix? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was really cool. That, I mean, even when they had a bottle episode, they were like, hey, here comes our bottle episode. But this one wasn't as self-aware, I think, in that aspect. I yeah. think this one was more self-aware, and that's what made it better. Like, just being like, we are being a Christmas. Yeah. We were being a Christmas claymation episode. Now watch us be completely ridiculously Christmas claymation episode. And they leaned into it in, in a way that doing that is not easy. And you watch it, it's like, yeah. they make it look easy. Yeah, and I, like, I mean it was. I think it was lacking self awareness in that we're taking the ensemble out of an ensemble show. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, but like it, it under like it really had an understanding of the classics, though. Which yeah, it was also impressive. I didn't remember that going into this. That they they know their shit absolutely, and it cut down to the very details. Yeah. Like they're and like then how each person who's transformed into their own thing is just immediately on the nose their theme. Yep. Yeah. And I loved it's uh, funny. fucking Chevy Chase's uh, little bear. So fucking good. <laughs> and he comes back. Like, yeah. they gave Chevy Chase's character, he's kind of a jerk in this one, a little bit more so than, like, other episodes, but they give him, like, more. Like, sure, he was there for the cookies, but he's like, hey, man, you know, you've got this. You know, yeah. I'll be here. I'll, I'll be here for you. I'm cool with, like, the, you know, happy, cheerful kind of, we all come together and it's all about love. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm for that. Like, I, yeah. I'll buy into it. And they make it easy to buy into because it's, they make a joke at, at lost expense. The, that's what I was going to say yeah, yeah. is the reason I hate your episode. How dare you make fun of Lost? I love Lost. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. It's oh, a great show. I just think it, I, I forgot that the joke was in there. It came out of nowhere and I was like, oh, okay. I, I felt it was more a commentary on people's reaction against Lost too. It, for as meta as that show was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it were the commentary on people who are disappointed in Lost too. I don't understand the statement and I will not respond to it. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it was Lost a fu- is great. <laughs> that may be true. <laughs> it, or it may not be true. Or it may not be true. No, it's true. No, it's true. <laughs> it's fact. Law. It's written. <laughs> written set in stone. But yeah, no, I just really liked how earnest it was. And then retcon. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot that John Oliver was in it. Like, I forgot that he was the Christmas wizard. Yeah. And <laughs> we need to go to your mind castle or mind cave. It's like, no, no. And he self-destructs it. <laughs> it. It was good. I really liked it. Cool. It was very sincere. Yeah, it is. It was very good. Yep. Still not as good as It's Always Sunny, but you know, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like Lost, we can agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next. I'll go next. Let's work our way to the classics from the <laughs> most oddball. Let's zigzag uh, this. So my episode from the losers is... losers to the winners. Yes. Of course. My episode was the British Office. And uh, I swear to God, this episode's about Christmas somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, 
Uh, one thing I think that the uh, the Office Christmas episode did really well was capture the way that uh, people really feel about the holiday spirit, which is a little bittersweet and awkward. Like, as much as we like to pretend on the outside, we're so excited for Christmas and Christmas songs and Christmas music, like, everybody I've ever known is a little extra stressed out around the holidays. Like, usually for people, uh, family is... It's good to go back and see your family, but then at the end of it, you can't wait to get away from them again. (laughs) (laughs) So I think The Office does a great job of capturing, like, how we're expected to behave certain ways around the holidays when really we just are all after what we want out of life. Uh, So it's a a fantastic series and a fantastic finale. Um, This is in the style of other, like, docudramas that are big in uh, the UK. This is... Uh, three years after the documentary series was filmed and released and aired, and it's kind of like uh, one of those catch-up episodes. Uh, it's common in reality shows, too. Um, so we see uh, Ricky Gervais. Uh, David Brent has been fired at the end of the second series. Uh, now we see that he has finally pursued his music career. He kind of got some semi-success uh, with the music video, but then he got really sad and is just doing like sad, washed-up celebrity appearances and like nightclub shows and stuff. Uh, we see um, Don and Lee uh, after they moved to Florida at the end of the second series. Uh, they're, she is completely miserable, and he's totally just laying out by the pool and not contributing anything to the relationship, just like through the rest of the series. Uh, she's actually holding a baby when we cut to her, so we think, oh my god, she's got a baby, and she's totally tied in now, and she can't leave him for Tim, but uh, turns out she's just babysitting somebody. Um, we see uh, back at the office, uh, Gareth has taken over the spot of general manager for the office in David Brent's place, and Tim is still working there, completely miserable, even more than before. Um at Gareth's old desk, uh, she has a new character, Anne, who is uh, a pregnant woman, and she is just talks nothing about uh, anything except for her pregnancy and explicit details about the conception of the baby. And How much people want to bang her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I love that line where uh, she's like, I just can't figure it out why the other men at the, other, uh, the office keep going after me even though they don't have a chance. And he's like, yeah, I'm racking my brain, too. <laughs> and then it's a close-up of his face like, fuck, did I just say that? I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to hurt her feelings, but that's how I feel right now. Um, She's kind of the unsung uh, hero of this episode, I think. And? Yeah, because everyone's funny in their own kind of quiet, awkward way, but she brought something new to the episode that was not there before and was fucking hilarious. Yeah, she definitely did. She cracks me up in that episode. She is really funny. I mean, in in a way that makes you feel awkward and like not want to be around this whole situation, (laughs) which is a great metaphor for the whole show. But it's kind of like one of those things where, like, when you see some, like, you see a, a good friend at a party who just got cornered by like that guy. Yeah, it's like ah, <laughs> you have to talk to him for like twenty minutes now. And every time she's yeah. there, it's like that you get that feeling. It's so good. I've never worked in an office in my life, uh, and I love this show. I can't imagine the response that people have who have actually worked or currently work in a shitty office environment like this show. I worked in an office for all of like two months when John got me hired. And yeah. I agreed to get fired from that job. <laughs> Never let it be said I didn't try to get you a job. <laughs> but it wasn't a great job. So Yeah, when you know you're getting fired when somebody starts a conversation by screaming to an entire room, who the fuck is Brian Dressel? <laughs> <laughs> That's a better story than this episode. No. Uh, so this show sets up, uh, this, the first part of the two-parter sets up... Um, David Brent is uh, continually going back to the office 
and just like still annoying the shit out of his uh, co-workers or his former co-workers and like his his new boss Neil I mean his old boss the new boss of the company Neil and uh, it, it's like it's super sad for David Brent you think you know he got out of the office and he finally pursued his dream of being a musician and it just didn't work out for him it wasn't all it was cracked up to be and he just misses his old life uh, we go on to the the second parter um, where the, is the actual Christmas episode <laughs> it is actually the Christmas party at the office um, um, the documentary crew offers to fly uh, I I keep wanting to say the American characters' names, Don and Lee, uh, not Pam, back to the office to, to reunite with everybody, so on and so forth. This breakdown's really boring, but uh, everything goes wrong, basically. Say why you like it so much. Like, what makes this the best Christmas thing here? Uh, did you say Christmas? Yes. Because this episode has nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> yep. but, uh, There's my problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think that the ah, fuck. I'm just going to talk about why this is better than the American Office <laughs> and why it's a great finale. Um, or even the, just to give you one, like it's the punctuation. It sounds like it's just the end, the end of it that really wrap like hits you with it. And Christmas is like the last thing of the year. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I mean that's true, and I mean, that is how it's like Christmas. Um. So I mean, yeah, we see that uh, everybody kind of gets what they want, but not until the last 15 seconds of the, of the episode. Right. And I'm actually not sure that that was the best move to make. Like, uh, so we, we, we work through this and, um, Tim continues to be miserable at work and annoyed by Anne and Don comes back and it's still this awkward moment where he actually did ask her out, uh, in the second series and she said no, and she moved away to Florida. And so he thought his chance was over and was hoping to never see her again. Um, Gareth is kind of stepped up to the, the manager position. And I actually think, uh, he was the one who's like the most satisfied at the end of this entire series. Yeah. Aside from the last five seconds of the show where Tim gets what he wants. But, um, um, Gareth is hilarious and, um, David Brent, when he goes back to the office and he, he like brings in the dog and Neil tells him that he's no longer welcome at the office. Uh, it's really sad again for David Brent because we see after trying to get his career in music going and being disappointed, he no longer has the one thing left that he actually enjoyed, which was his old co-workers. Right. So the the show closes with um, uh, Jim and or I'm fuck with Lee <laughs> dragging Don away, uh, leaving the party early. He grabs her secret Santa present for her. She opens it in the taxi, and it's a an oil painting set from Tim. And a, a picture that she drew him saying, never give up. She starts crying. Uh, then the last few seconds of the episode, we see that she actually goes back to the office uh, and kisses Tim. And he gets what he wants. And I love the closure that they finally come together at the end. They didn't do it in the middle of the series and then like tease us taking it away and putting it back together like Jim and Pam in the American office. I thought it was just a, a great close and I love the way that this uh, series wrapped up uh, after two seasons, like The American Office should have. Yeah. Um, it, that, that series just went on way too long. My favorite thing in the episode, and then you've ran a little bit over, but I'm giving you the two minutes I didn't use. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm pretty much done. I yeah. think this was... Cap and trade. The, the one thing that, that you didn't mention that I think was the best is that you didn't get... You didn't see David Brent get what he wants but you saw him finally take the turn that shows that he's going to 
He's going to start making the right decisions, I think. Yeah. Oh, but I think... At the the this, moment he the, stands up for himself is like... That was almost more rewarding to me as a fan than mm-hmm. the whole Don and... Um, I already forgot his name. Jim. Uh, Tim. Jim. Tim. Jim. Yeah. That's Don. the easiest one for me because it's two of the same letters. Yeah. But it, that was more rewarding for me as a fan than seeing them get together. Seeing him yeah. finally start... like Talk to a girl without fucking it up. Yeah. And then listen to that guy who he said it was his friend. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Such a great... Great moment. Oh, I didn't mention David Brent's entire development through this uh, second uh, episode where at the beginning, Neil challenges him that he's like, I got a super hot date. And David is like, oh, fuck, I need a date. So he starts going on Internet dates. And he like uh, one of them, he like immediately writes off because she's kind of fat and ugly or, uh, you know, middle aged, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Another one he talks to on the phone and he's like, hey, you might know me from that BBC series, The Office. And she's like, you're not that miserable boss, are you? (laughs) That was good. And and I think at that point he starts to realize that he's not everything that he thought he was cracked up to be. Yeah. Which is kind of exactly where this was going, I think. And then I love the way that he kind of like. I don't know, he really lowers his standards, but he finally does meet a girl and brings her to the party. He kind of levels out, is the way to say it. I wouldn't say he yeah. lowers his standards. He just kind of he kind of comes down off of his cloud of, I'm yeah. not a TV star. I was like a one-hit wonder. Like I, I can start being human. Yeah. And I think that was really important. Yeah. And, I, I mean, love him or hate him, I think Ricky Gervais is, I think he's great. And I, I like it when he does roles that actually challenge mm-hmm. him. He's not the best in movies. He's fine. Yeah. But his stand-up is funny if you like it. I cry like, every time I watch him and Derek. Oh, I mean, this <laughs> I show... Like Derek. The extras and Derek are like some of the best television on, or some of the best series on television. Fucking extras is such that Christmas special is really fucking good too. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I I do I think this uh, The Office really captures what it's like to work in a uh, an office space. Like you aren't gonna like what everybody around you is doing or or talking about. Um, I, I like the way that he just tries to be awkward and like racist and uh, sexist and gender biased and just like everybody else in the workplace shuts him down yeah well there's a moment i think i think it's tim who's the gym character yeah i I don't remember if it's who it's somebody who's narrating um talks about how you know like i think it's near the end of the episode where you know you work in an office and you spend eight hours a day for five days a week with these people you spend more time with these people than you do with your friends and family yeah Mm -hmm. and he's like so for better or for worse you're brought together with these people you know and and everybody changes each other, uh, usually for the better. Right. Hopefully for the better. Yeah. All right, we should move on to the next one. I'll go. Okay. Oh, the um, Christmas present was the best oh. part. That's why it's the best Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> he gave her a present. It also takes place on a Tuesday, so it's the best Tuesday episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so I had the Christmas special, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, from 1966. It was based on the Dr. Seuss book of the same title, um, narrated by Boris Karloff, Ooh, yes. who also, he narrates and does the voice of the Grinch, because um, I don't think anyone else in the special actually has any lines. Um, Cindy Lou Who does. Oh, yeah, Cindy Lou Who. Yeah, she says a few things. He did that, too. That's really impressive. Um, Boris Karloff. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. um, so the Grinch, for anyone who doesn't know, is about a Grinchy guy character <laughs> who lives up on his hill and um, hates Christmas because he's a Grinch and uh, he steals Christmas from the Who's. Um, but So what I think is great about the Grinch is that it it's it from 1966. The book was even written earlier, I think, from early 60s or late 50s. 
but it doesn't feel dated to me because it it's so it, all the themes and the characters work in any time period they still work today i was just thinking the other day when i was rewatching this that the grinch is basically donald trump <laughs> and he's like your racist uncle <laughs> Okay. That I was like, "Where are you going?" He's, no, he is. So, well, uh, I, I have. I, I'll make. I'll make the point. Um, <laughs> Let's follow her he's through sitting, this. Yes. He's sitting up in his cave, and the Who's are down in Whoville, and they're celebrating, and they they're singing their songs, and they they're making their traditional dishes, and he just hates everything about it because they're a different ethnicity and they're a different culture, and he's like, "Their stupid holiday is just bringing me down." Um, and I, I hate having these neighbors who are, that are who's. And um, so, so the who's are Mexicans. <laughs> I mean, they're any they're, Mexicans and Muslims. They could be Muslims. <laughs> they could be Mexicans. They could be. I mean, anything that is not what he is, because it's just annoying him. Like he hates he hates their roast beast and he hates their songs and he hates their decorations and he just hates all of it. That um, totally is a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. But he and, wants them to work for him. Yeah. <laughs> right. So as long as there's a wall. wall. (laughs) And so since he's so annoyed by their celebration and their cultural traditions, he's like, I'm just going to stop this. I'm going to nip this in the bud. If I go down there and I steal Christmas, then they'll just they'll stop. They won't have Christmas. So he devises this plan, him and his dog. um, They dress up. He dresses up like Santa Claus. He dresses up his dog like Rudolph which is a great plan. And <laughs> they they go down to Whoville and he just breaks into all their houses and takes all their shit. He takes their trees and he takes their presents and he takes their roast beast and he just takes everything. You really should have rhymed there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Missed opportunity. Uh, I know. Um, then he takes it back up onto his grinchy hill and he's about to dump it all over the cliff. He's just going to like get rid of all of it. But it took him all night to do that. And so by the time he gets up there, it's morning again. And he's waiting for them to all come out and just be upset. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm so excited to see the, the fruit of my labor. All of my ethnically different neighbors crying um, instead of singing. But instead they come out and they start singing. And they, they sing, they join hands around where the Christmas tree used to be and they sing their songs because it's Christmas and it doesn't matter that they don't have their, their stuff and their decorations and their, their food apparently. Um, (laughs) but, but that's not what it's about. They, they are coming out and they're celebrating as a community because they love each other and he sees that and he doesn't really get it, but then he gets it and He's like, you know what? Um, they're not so different from you and I. And he brings back all their stuff and he celebrates with them. And he, he carves the roast beast. And so he he his heart grew two sizes that day, is what he says. <laughs> um, and so that's what I like about that story is that it's still relevant today with the Donald Trump metaphor or any, I mean, anyone's just grouchy anyone who's grouchy like they they just need to see that that it's not about what they, th- they what they think they're mad about they shouldn't be mad about and theodore geisel dr seuss who wrote the book he wrote it criticizing the commercialism of christmas because he he kind of thought of himself as the grinch that he was just kind of annoyed that everyone was you know just shopping and it's all about shopping and it's all about presents and it's all about getting things and um then he wrote the book to kind of show that 
he doesn't have to be grouchy about it because it's not really about that. And it doesn't have to be about that. Um, and it's still relevant to today because there was a live action version directed by Ron Howard in the year 2000, um, which may or may not have been good. But <laughs> in my research, I also found that Illumination, the studio who did the Minions, is making a 3D version to be released in 2017. Interesting. So I'm, I'm hoping, more excited for that than I I'm hoping that will Carey. be good. Yeah. I mean, if it's anything like Minions, it'll be fun at least. At the bare minimum, it will be fun. It will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They make fun, fun movies. They're not all great, but they're fun. Yeah. Yes. They're definitely fun. Yeah. Um, so I just love it because it's a Christmas tradition. It's um, you know classic. It's short and easy to watch. Um, and it comes on every year, so you don't have to search too high and far to find it. You make really good points about it being timeless because like the, the characters aren't really dressed in anything that speaks to the era right. or the artwork is not, is not yeah, like by that. By sticking to that, it makes it like this certain level of like whimsical. That yeah. All, like, yeah. It, it makes yeah. it timeless in ways Oh, that, like, and I didn't mention the music is timeless. So, like, yeah, everyone yeah. knows Bottom your mean forehead. one, Mr. Grinch. Yep. Um, he's a bad banana. The greasy black pit? With a greasy black peel. Don't touch him with a 10-foot pole? Uh, 39 and a half. So if you had a 40-foot pole, pole, you might touch him. But <laughs> 39, yeah, anything below. But yeah, if, when but I was a child, I sang that song in a mall. <laughs> I'm not kidding. For an audience? For an audience. <laughs> nope. No, I'm just saying in the corner. No, I took voice lessons, and my voice teacher made me sing that in a mall. Oh. South Park Mall in Quad Cities. That's hilarious. Yep. Um, but it's a great song. And I forgot the and words. It was it's always on the radio this time of year also, and it's, you know, it's a classic. It is. And... Ironically, and, your time just ended when you oh, said it was well a classic. <laughs> I also just want to add that the the word Grinch is now in ever in the lexicon. Everyone knows yeah. what a Grinch is, and anyone who's being grouchy is called a Grinch. Mm-hmm. Nice, Brad. So another classic, mm-hmm. um, a Charlie Brown Christmas, which came out. Uh, I was looking up because I figured they had to have come out right around the same time. It was the year before, mm-hmm. so yours was sixty six, and I was sixty five. Um, it's just, to me, this is a classic because it's taking all of the Charlie Brown Peanut characters. I mean, right at this time, Peanuts has been out for 15 years, and, um, you know, they wanted to make a special. And so it, what, who better to try and find the true meaning of Christmas than try and get, you know, the downer Charlie Brown to find it, to discover it. And so that's what this story is about, is Charlie Brown trying to find the true meaning of Christmas. And, you know, he's the one that's, you know, doesn't understand the holidays and everything's getting very commercialized. And his sister wants tens and twenties for money, you know, money, but not presents. And that's a lot of money back then, I by know. the way. Yeah. Um, She's a badass. Yeah. And everybody, you know, like Lucy's talking about how she just, you know, she gets toys and gifts and all this stuff, but she wants real estate. And so it's just all, you know, like, <laughs> so good. it's all, it's yeah. just become very commercialized. And, you know, like all the Christmas trees are these big plastic over the top, you know, extravagant things. And it's just, you know, and Charlie Brown is trying to dig through, you know, like all of what, you know, like what Christmas has become and try to find the true meaning of Christmas. And so, you know, on this journey, he, you know, like. Uh, he, you know, Lucy gives him the opportunity to direct the cr- Christmas play, hoping that this will reignite his, you know, like love and spirit for it. Um, and Charlie Brown, because he's sort of a dope and can't really do much, is not ver- a very good director. <laughs> he can't really control his uh, cast. Um, and so, you know, they send him out to find uh, a Christmas tree to, you know, like kind of bring everybody together. And of course, Charlie Brown finds the piece of junk Christmas tree that's falling apart because he wants to, you know, like to get something that hasn't been too commercialized, isn't over the top, isn't, you know, like tainted by the big, you know, like commercial conglomerate. Um, And he brings it back and he, you know, like, again, he fails and everybody, 
you know, like has grown to like, you know, like, oh, we want the biggest, best, you know, coolest, brightest, cool, you know, like over the top thing. And he doesn't deliver that. He brings them kindling. Yes. He basically brings them <laughs> a falling apart Christmas tree. A Charlie a Brown Christmas tree. Yeah, a, yeah, a branch. Um, and so he's shunned and basically fired from the play or they don't really say, but he's kind of fired. <laughs> Which, okay, to be fair, I'm going to interrupt really quick. The kids are right. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are totally right. No, no, no. Hey, we need I a agree. wonderful Christmas tree for our Christmas plate. Here's a fucking branch. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Charlie Brown. You fucked up. I agree. <laughs> I agree. But the beauty of the story is, is, you know, once Charlie Brown is taken, you know, like leaves with the Christmas tree and tries to make it the big extravagant thing that he is, that it should be, you know, he fails again because he can't turn it into that. Um, and then when he leaves, you know, all the kids come and they're like, you know, it's really not that bad. And we can see past, you know, what his spirit was and what, he, you know, like what he meant to do. And the all of them come together and, you know, take some of Snoopy's big extravagant doghouse that he's, you know, got first prize for uh, for the big, you know, Christmas and decorating. And glue some magical pine needles. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> At least it takes place during Christmas. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, so that's the thing is that the whole concept or the whole point of the uh, story is that it's bringing everybody together. And that, you know, like when Charlie Brown comes back and the tree is all done and, you know, all the kids have rallied together and, you know, like done this for Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about is, you know, like being with the people that you care about or are with or, you know, like whether you, you know, for better or for worse, you're not always going to love, the, you know, your family and friends and whatnot. Um, but that's what Christmas is all about is, you know, like being together and doing this together. And that's kind of the, the ending. It's nice and sweet and simple. And both sides see past, like they 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 both see past it. Exactly. Yeah, see, like they both need to. It's really nice yeah. that both sides do that. Yeah. Charlie Brown sees that you know, like commercial isn't necessarily bad if you know it's done in the right way, and yeah. the kids see that you know, like you can make beauty out of anything. Mm-hmm. So. Or they just feel bad for Charlie Brown, and they're like, "Ah, oh, we hurt our friends' feelings. Yeah. Let's do, pretend do like ever, this tree is cool." Do they ever really actually feel bad about hurting Charlie Brown's feelings? Because the entire no, run is just not really the entire. No. I, yeah, like, I, mean, I made the joke earlier, uh, "How I hate him." Yeah, like that's the very first comic. It's yep. just here comes Charlie Brown, good, good old, old Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown. Yeah, how I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, good lord. Yeah, but they hang out with him for his dog. I think. Yeah, uh, he's got <laughs> yeah, an awesome he does dog. Got a sweet awesome dog. dog. No, I mean like you know, well, uh, but, I mean they kind of. They, they kind of like him sometimes. Like in the yeah, th- and they love me the, the pitcher for the baseball team. Yeah. Where Lucy's like, oh, you should run for class president. Yeah. And then five minutes later, they're like, no, you definitely shouldn't. <laughs> well, it's the same thing in this episode. You know, like Lucy, you know, like he goes to see Lucy because she's the doctor behind her little doctor uh, booth. And, you know, he's trying to get the true meaning of Christmas. And she's actually trying to give him like good advice and like, hey, you know, like, let's get you involved and let's bring you a part of something. And. You know, like, although Lucy doesn't like him that much, you know, she's trying to bring I call him bullshit in. on that. They totally started dating in high school. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I Only mean, because like, she knows that he'd never cheat on her with one of the cheerleaders. Right. <laughs> Plus, she, totally also wants, she also wants to be president, so she needs kind of like a, you know, like a, a man just to be there. Yeah. yeah. Just a yes oh, he's man. the perfect yes man. just there man. Yeah, just there man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, they, no, they do reach out to Charlie Brown every once in a while throughout the comics and throughout all the movies and stories and TV specials. You know, every once in a while they do give him this glimmer of like, hey, you know, like you can be a part of this. Usually he's not there very long, but. Yeah. You the know. one thing that I love about They let him be the pitcher on the baseball team, even though they just yell at him the whole yep. time. And he yep. fucks up all the time. Yep. He always gets hit by a pitch. He always gets hit by the pitch. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I do love about your about your special in relation to the movie that just came out about mm-hmm. peanuts, which is a, it's very good. If you get a chance to watch it, you should check it out. Um, 
but I like that this movie did a good job, or the special, of giving each character their moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Like they did a really good job giving everyone a, one thing to do. Whereas the movie kind of it kind of failed at that, but kind of not entirely, not entirely. But like the all. the moment with Schroeder where he and uh, Lucy were at the piano mm-hmm. going over, like I need to hear Jingle Bells, and he keeps trying to play like a really nice version of it, and she's like, no, that's not it, and yeah. then just. Dank, 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 yeah. dank, dank, dank. <laughs> just the look on his face as he's playing it's fucking hilarious. Like, I, lo- I love that shit. Yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about the Christmas special is you get, uh, up until that time, all the characters that have been in that, the comic so far, you get a little bit of everybody's personality, everybody's, you know, like, stories, everybody's relationships, um, and it's all crammed in within 20 minutes. Yeah. and That's impressive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's impressive. Yeah. Pigpen, you're the only person I know who can create a dust storm and a snowstorm. <laughs> so good. All right, so we should move on to the voting process of this, which will be uh, a little difficult, I think, because I think everyone's going to want to vote for Sid's Always Sunny, right? <laughs> right? That's what we were thinking exactly. Honestly, I wouldn't not vote for it. Yeah. I, the, what, the one thing I did love about the Always Sunny special is it kind of takes everything that has ever happened in sort of a Christmas special somewhere or another. And it's kind of like, let's make everything go wrong. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they take Scrooge, they do the claymation, you know, like it's all about touching the, the Scrooge part, but yeah. Yeah. You know, like they kind of do a little bit of every little Christmas holiday story and, and bring it Danny all into one. naked. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Who doesn't right. love that at Christmas? <laughs> no. So, I mean, like, I do think that although it's over the top and crazy and, you know, kind of, I don't know violent and whatever um it does encompass everything that does happen during christmas you know they touch on all what christmas means to somebody i agree but i can't vote for my own yeah uh so i am going to vote i gotta vote grinch nah (laughs) yeah i gotta vote grinch i want to vote charlie brown because i love charlie brown Mm -hmm. but there's something about as much as I love Charlie Brown, there's something about the music in The Grinch that make me want to watch that one just yeah. a little bit more at Christmas. I yeah. love the last song in Charlie Brown, and as soon as the movie starts, that music cue is like, oh, yeah. fuck, this yeah. is a Christmas movie. I love this. But there's something about the You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch song that is just so perfect in Christmas mm-hmm. that I it it ekes out. Like If I were to like put like a, like a a on a scale of like 1 to 10... Grinch would be 10, and Charlie Brown would be like 9.9. Because yeah, like, they, they do. I agree. No, I completely yeah. agree. They both have very like well-known soundtracks and yeah. You're not going to vote for my thinly veiled excuse to rewatch the <laughs> the series of The Office. <laughs> Honestly, I thought I was when you when we laid them all out. I thought I was going to vote for The Office. There's but nothing I, Christmassy about that. Season, really, other than know. calling it a Christmas if, special. If, nope. If you had picked any of the American versions of The Office Christmas, spe- like any of them, because there's like nine, I think. Yeah. Nine. How many seasons? Uh, there's <laughs> ten, at least ten seasons or nine I seasons. Remember. I know there's yeah. one less because one season was during the writer strike, so they didn't get a Christmas special. Uh, um, but some of the like the first like two three years of Christmas specials are yeah. phenomenal, and they oh, like yeah. totally encompass the Christmas spirit, and still are funny and awkward, and you know people get what they want, people don't get what they want. Right, but I couldn't do that for your show. But, I mean, that's that's what <laughs> happens in the British one too. You know, some people get what they want, and it doesn't end up being exactly what they want, but they got what they need. Yeah. Uh, I, I like actually, Batman. I'll vote for yours. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, you, <laughs> It was so funny. I remember now uh, I did watch it. And just the level of excitement that you brought to your argument uh, did it for me. I love that movie. Yeah. I really – I'm not joking at all. I love this shit out of it. That is my Christmas TV special. Next. Um. Well, because I cannot vote for my own, I'm going to have to go with Charlie Brown. Woo! Because, I mean, classics, obviously. Because, yeah. I, I mean – you have to 
go with one that you can watch every year. Yeah. Forever. Forever and ever. And they're and I mean these have already lasted sixty years. Yeah. To, I mean, like, to our credit, I mean, like, they are timeless, and yeah. they will continue to be shown every year from, you know, yeah. I will, you know. Yeah. Definitely. And, and the Charlie Brown Christmas tree is a thing that, I mean, I think yeah. a lot of people own as I do. Christmas decor. I you do. guys have, yeah. like, both of your uh, specials bring something that has now become synonymous with Christmas. Like, yeah. the Charlie Brown uh, Linus and Lucy now appears on every Christmas mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. Grinch, uh, that song, too. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, and you could even argue Brian's special as well in this. All three of ours are talking about very commercialized Christmases. Yeah. Like yeah. Christmas, you know, like has become so commercialized and over the top and extravagant. And it's kind of trying to break away from those traditions. And I don't know. And throw rocks at trains. And throw rocks <laughs> at trains. Basically. I mean, the Grinch carves a roast beast, which is like throwing rocks at trains. Yeah. Yeah. I knew mine's the best. <laughs> Although I do really like yours, Brian, and you made a very good argument. I still have to go Grinch because I can't go Charlie Brown, but I still am yeah. yeah. perfectly fine. Like Grinch is classic. When I heard you were doing it, I was so excited because I was like, yes, I haven't seen this movie in a while and or special. And I was like, I have to watch it again. So I didn't actually realize I thought it was a movie. And when I was watching it again, I guess I guess because I hadn't seen it probably since last year, it's only like 20 minutes long. Really? Oh, see, I thought oh, yeah. it was 20 minutes. It is I knew, short. I thought it was wow. 20 minutes, but when you buy the iTunes version, they you play... You have like an hour and a half, right? Yeah, they play, <laughs> they play it six times. They play, oh. uh, I think Horton Hears a Who yeah, right Horton, after yeah. it. Uh, so yeah. when I press play, I'm like, it's 50 minutes. I'm like, I do not this remember. This is a long story. I do not remember it being 50 minutes. And I was kind of a little nervous. I was like, it's going to be dragging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had the same yeah. problem. And then it finished in 20 minutes and I was like, Oh, I had the same problem yeah. with your movie because I bought it on Amazon and yeah. you get all three Charlie Brown Christmas anything. Yes. Like, 90 minutes? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, they have a couple other Christmas specials. Yeah. Not as good. Yeah. <laughs> it's down between your guys' the two of yours, but I have to go very superficial and be on an argument basis. And I think I'm going to go with the Peanuts one, the Christmas special, because of the argument. Yeah. Wow. Which, just... ar- which argument? You mentioned the movie. Oh. <laughs> it, it wasn't that, but um, you, you appealed to the mention the... of it. I didn't say it was good. I just meant you said it may or may not be <laughs> good. You yeah. you gave it a chance to be good. Yeah, I'm just saying that it's no. obviously honestly, still relevant because it's still being remade. honestly. Yeah. It's a percentage point difference is the only thing. Oh, yeah. There's Lord. no there's no landslides in Nick. this one because I watch one and I like that one better than the other one, and then I watch the other one and vice versa. Okay, mm-hmm. so like. It's whichever one, you know. I think Brad and Brian well, did the best job of bringing yeah. their episodes into the spirit of Christmas. Thank you. I am great. <laughs> I still maintain my vote for It's Always Sunny. Um, I, I, so I, I, like so I what happens. That's, he's, a, that's a tie, isn't it? Yeah, that's two for Charlie Brown, two, two for uh, Peanuts. I'm fucking fine with a tie on this one. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, if it's a tie between those two movies, two I think that's classics. fair. I mean, that's two fair. Christmas classics. Yeah. Yeah. I could do the tiebreaker. We all have to vote again for those two, but fuck it. Because that's really just saying, Ryan, change your vote. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that's fair. Because these are two amazingly good Christmas movies. And like I said, when I was voting for mine, like they are almost parallel. Well, like, here's the thing. And in the spirit of Christmas, they, they win together. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The thing is, like, for my pick, I had to invent kind of, like, I had to pick something that was like, okay, you know. I will I, I will be happy to, you know, win with you, but in the spirit of Charlie Brown, I would be perfectly fine letting Grinch win because that was what Charlie Brown would do. Because he's a loser. <laughs> yeah. So then, He'd be like, therefore, yeah. therefore, therefore, you win by understanding the spirit of Christmas more. Oh, Ooh, shit. Oh. <laughs> Pematic. <laughs> Woo-hoo. And uh, I'm going to fuck everything up, and I changed my vote to Charlie Brown. <laughs> uh, 
I am going to do one more thing in this episode because oh. we usually have like a rating system at the end of these things when we do like a full episode. And this time we don't because it's a battle thing. But I do want to do one thing completely against our Christmas episode, which was all about finding the true meaning of Christmas. And I want to go around the table and talk about our favorite Christmas gift as a child. <laughs> what Ooh. material thing did you get yeah. as a kid that was your favorite Christmas thing? And then we'll bring this thing to a close. Hmm. I'll give us a second to think. Wow. But I know mine. I can, oh, uh, mine is the, I, yeah, the easiest I thing I could ever say. It shaped the rest of my life. Uh, I was four years old, good old 1989. I had asked for some stupid toys, little did I know. That's not what I really wanted, because I came downstairs Christmas morning to find Nintendo Entertainment System. There you go. Mm, With Mario, Duck Hunt, and some stupid tennis game. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I played the shit out of that for the rest of my life. Uh, Mine is very similar, actually. Mine's kind of a tie between uh, the Christmas I woke up and found... Uh, four Power Rangers under the Christmas tree and was so fucking excited because they disappeared. Four Power Rangers? My mom couldn't find the pink one. Uh, uh, wait, what? <laughs> she wasn't the last one on the shelf at every store? Apparently they didn't make as many, so that one didn't. That uh, one sold out a lot faster because um, they didn't expect it to sell. It, actually, I think the pink one would sell because yeah, all exactly. the girls who want one? it, exactly. the yellow one would not be the one that yeah, sold. Yeah, no, no girl wanted the yellow one. No. But either way, so the pink one sold out, so I didn't have that one. That was going to be mine, but when I think about it, honestly, the one that really made me go, holy shit, was my Super Nintendo Entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because my sister and I hounded my dad. We want a Nintendo. We didn't want a Super Nintendo because we didn't know that one. Our, all of our friends had Nintendos, and my parents didn't buy me one. So we're like, no, we want Nintendo. Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. And my dad, reading the newspaper, or Newsweek, or whatever the fuck it was, went, no, this is the new one. It's going to be better. Yeah. And completely ignored us. And went and bought us the Super Nintendo. And we opened it. was like, ah, what the hell is this? This is the greatest thing that has ever happened in my life. <laughs> you know? I would still maintain that I think the Super Nintendo is the best system ever made. I can make that argument. Well, well actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mario Kart, Super Mario World. Oh, my yeah. God. Because that's what we, we got it with Super Mario World. Yeah, and that, yeah. was, that was Christmas Day. The rest of that fucking day was Super oh, Mario World. Mm-hmm. So Was I, Super uh, Nintendo the first one where you could like put in a code to save your like not no. save it but like go back to where no, you were no that was were. a Nintendo 64 oh, oh well no you can do it you could see yeah, games in Nintendo Nintendo had all the, like all the Mega Man they would give you like a NES 20 long a 20 th- uh, character long yeah, thread of like yeah. a passcode yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I guess this was you that you could buy a Nintendo Power and get them in the back of the issue yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. and the most important thing about Super Nintendo the Super Game Boy I could oh play Pokemon full screen that was so fucking great oh. and it had the little like banners on the side like oh it's so good I have to go next based off of this though because are you Nintendo 64? Yes. Nice. <laughs> With Super Mario 64, it, it blew my mind. I didn't really like making that jump to 3D space. You, you downplay because it it's been so long and the graphics have come a long way, but just going from that 2D to the 3D and realizing Huge you could have an Huge. open world blew my mind at that age. It was so amazing. And, and then, that, that game's still gorgeous. Yeah. Like, gorgeous. Like, even, like, yeah. even now, data graphics, they did such a good job animating that game. It's mm-hmm. still gorgeous. I watch speedruns of people playing through Mario, and I remember why, not because of the speedrun, but them playing it, why I loved it so much. It was so such a great concept. Jumping in paintings, level design was great. It was mm-hmm. just like great Phenomenal. open world embracing the 3d for the first time it just the possibilities it really opened up like my interest in gaming and taught us how important it is to get proper camera controls in a video game yeah <laughs> yes but then Star Fox also came out roughly around that oh, time Star too Fox. oh so good and so good. I got that one too which do a barrel roll do a do barrel, barrel roll. roll it blew my it, <laughs> be careful it's a trap <laughs> that game like allows you like to, ah! <laughs> all the strategy like it, 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 making slippy noises <laughs> 
go for the four hatches on the underside. <laughs> but yeah, no, Nintendo 64 was, it just blew me away for gaming. I do I, also remember playing like the racing games like uh, Rush and thinking, oh my God, the graphics on these are amazing. Look at how fuck, real it is. Wave, 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 wave race. race. Yeah. Oh my God. And that was what, the most colorful, amazing thing I, ever. I look like and, I'm out in the ocean. <laughs> and if I can get ranty pants for one second, like kids today aren't going to understand that jump in technology quite right. like we did. Because video games made a huge jump, like exponential. Oh, the jump from Super Nintendo to 64 was gargantuan. Yeah. Like, jumping from 720 jump, to 1080 really. yeah. yeah. is not going to be that impressive. No. Yeah. Oh, a little extra, couple extra pixels, cool. But like going from 2D space, limitation, hardware limitation, to all this open space for the first time is just... It was amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Unforgettable, which is why yeah. I brought it up. Yeah. Here, yeah. But like, like I, if I go back and look at a, like a game that was out on... PlayStation or Nintendo 64 and compare it to a game that's t- today, like another one in the series, I'm like, oh yeah, the graphics are a little better. But to go from you're seeing like pixelated characters on the screen to a full 3D world was insane. It was amazing. Yeah. And the first, uh, that was the first joystick on a controller, right? Uh, the N64? Yeah, I think so. I don't know, but... I don't remember if it was that or PlayStation. No, it would have been that one because PlayStation didn't, didn't start with it. Yeah, and right. it didn't start with a joystick yeah, either. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... Mine were definitely... I, I could say Nintendo 64, but I won't because you just brought it up. And I also think of other things that come to mind before Nintendo 64. Um, some of the ones that come to mind are like the Playmobil castles, like yep. all those like medieval castles. Mm. Oh, I love yeah. that. But the one thing that I was super into as a kid was always Legos. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting the underwater like... It was, uh, it was just like yellow and had a submarine mm-hmm. and all like the underwater stuff. That underwater was, science characters. Yes, yeah, yeah like, I had those that. Those were stuff. like those super cool. Great. And I remember getting that and being like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is the coolest present ever. Man, do you remember like getting Legos as a kid and being like, oh, I really wish they could make Legos with our characters that we know. <laughs> <laughs> now you can get any character ever. I know. You can do yeah. anything with Legos. Yeah. Although it could be that maybe we're just older. I, I remember when this was a while ago, but when my brother was p- still playing with Legos, he's 16 now. But mm-hmm. when he was playing, I remember a lot of it comes pre put together now like, really like some of the really? boats and stuff like that like yeah what yeah i just remember That's like kind of too bad maybe yeah. maybe it's just in my mind and i'm thinking like oh this is easy no you know but i i just, I just remember like putting some of the stuff together with him and thinking i remember having to build a lot of this stuff. yeah i, I just had a case just a vat of legos and i was like make whatever you want yep. i had a fucking bucket with one piece of paper and was like this is how you build a house and it made no fucking sense nope. <laughs> it's like no how sense. do i build a house what the hell is yeah. this and, you're, and this is where ikea was born and especially when you are always convinced that you're missing that one piece you are which like, you are by you the are, way are yeah, missing, you you are, are. you're building you the biggest are. castle ever and you're like no this piece isn't here and i was getting you'd be furious and you'd be throwing things and no this piece is missing and my mom would be like well why don't you just take another piece from your other i'm like no it's not the same color it doesn't match no yeah Moms never understand. No. Um, I'm I I I can't say Nintendo 64 because I never had that. My parents my parents were very anti video game. That's so um, sad. They sad. they didn't they didn't like the whole video game trend that was sweeping the nation. So they were like, no, we're never gonna buy you that. Um, so it's okay. We had other things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, oh, cool. Tell us there, about we one. We had other activities to do. So when I was. Um, very young, I was into Barbies a lot, and so I my favorite Barbie that I had was that I got for Christmas one year. Her name was Hollywood Barbie, Ooh. and she had uh she she had this outfit that had like gold boots, and oh, I also got the Ken, so I got Hollywood Barbie and Ken, 
And the coolest thing about them is that they like wore shiny gold outfits because they're superstars in Hollywood. And their hair would change color if you Ooh. sprayed water on it. Ooh. And so That's like her, her, like, it would come <laughs> with it would, like the Ken. It was just plastic hair. But if you like put water on his head, pink stars would show up in his blonde hair. <laughs> And if on the Barbie, as they do, it, that's a West Hollywood Ken. On the, on the Barbie, <laughs> yes, it came, is. She came with Brian's stencils. gonna see that a lot today. <laughs> yeah, on the Barbie, she came with stencils and in the shapes of stars, so you could like spray water on her hair and make pink stars all through her hair. Uh-huh. And then that's when actually, my brother was in high was school, this? this was, I don't know, like early nineties, early nineties. Yeah, kind of badass so, for the nineties. It's yeah. awesome. And yeah. so because that was so awesome. My, when my brother was in high school and like doing crazy things with his hair, I was like, can we please do Hollywood Ken on your hair? And he let me do a pink star on That's, his like bleach blonde hair. I like your brother a little more yeah. right now. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, so with that, I'm going to bring this episode to a close. And the uh, year to a close. And 20, Happy 2015 yeah. end, everybody. That, that is the end of After the Hype in 2015. All right, all right. Nothing else. And uh, we're, actually of, done. we're actually done. <laughs> we did it. Go we out finished. on a high note. So, as of right now, the next episode is Terminator Genesis. I have a pretty strong feeling I'm going to cancel that episode because it's the day after I get back from flying and I probably won't want to record right away. And I don't think we have time over those two weeks to watch the movie. So it might get canceled and then we'll have something else the next week. So we might have two weeks off. We might have three, depending on how my schedule turns out. And I will not let anyone know until the next episode. Comes you'll out. you'll know when you, <laughs> you know. You'll yeah. know when you find out. Yep. And yeah. uh, but iron that. Thank you for everyone for listening throughout the entire past year. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for everyone who who soldiered through our breakdowns. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, thank you for everyone who's been sharing our podcast. Uh, uh-huh. Please continue to do that. It's been super helpful, and I love sharing sharing is caring sharing is caring sharing it is can special. be fun uh yeah and thank you to brad mckenzie for coming on today Woo. uh thank you to ryan for going from appearing maybe once or twice to almost always to not pretty much just always yeah pretty uh, much always <laughs> pretty much always ryan uh it's a big title thanks for having me brian yeah thanks for almost always having him yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh it's been a good year and uh Sorry to Chewy, who was not able to make it for any of these last end-of-the-year podcasts. I know she wanted to be here. She's very upset that she wasn't able to. She will be back in 2016. All right. Uh, or will she? We will re- or will she? <laughs> we will rebuild her. Yeah. <laughs> we have the technology. Yeah. Uh, but with that, I am going to say bye. 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 Bye-bye. Because the eyes of a reindeer are above you. Any wrong you do is going to see. When you're out at Christmas, look behind you Cause that's where the reindeer's gonna be